Hey everyone, it's Eric Oldman, and you're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. Tonight we're bringing you a very special episode focused on Chicago's hardcore scene. Ian from Wrecking Ball Productions has curated this episode and has put together a mighty awesome playlist of local talents in the hardcore genre. Uh, The first track you just heard actually was uh, Kreutzer Sonata. The track was Night Shift Kids off of their latest release, Austere. And uh, we have Adam from the Kreutzer Sonata in the studio with us tonight, along with our guest co-host, good friend, confidant, uh, brother in arms, uh, what have you, uh, Mr. Stephen DeFalco of Turbo Vamps fame and Frisky Morris in Friends podcast. Hmm. Um, Adam, so what's been going on with Kreutzer Sonata? You guys just did your first tour, right? Yeah, first tour. First tour for me and Carl in a long time. First tour for Katie ever. Yeah, I mean Skyler was long too. He hasn't toured in a while, but that's your guys' first new drummer. Band. Yeah, Skyler. Uh, he used to play in Wastebasket like okay. a while back. Okay, cool. Um, he briefly played in Still Alive. Okay. Um, yeah, we went like out to um, the farthest we went was Salem, Massachusetts. We went through like the Midwest, like upstate New York, Massachusetts, down through like New York, New Jersey, then back through the Midwest. Why did you guys decide to go out east? Um, I'm originally from the East Coast, so okay. like. We uh we knew more people out there with easier connections to book shows. Okay. Um, you know, it's just like smoother than if we chose to go out west. Like, I don't know. sure, that'd be more like an uncharted territory. Yeah. Or, yeah. Most of the touring yeah. bands that's come through Chicago that we've played with, okay, that we made connections with, are from the East Coast. Okay. So we hit those people up. Like, that's where basically where we started was with people that touring bands that right. we knew. Hit them up like, hey, can we come out your way this time? So you guys would do like reciprocal shows, or yeah, and then when they come out here, we play with them, right? Yeah, I feel like it's too with East Coast versus West Coast. There's a lot of places in between that you can play, like Indiana, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio has its own like its own like country, basically, its own like dense grouping of cities. Yeah, Yeah. Ohio is great. Where then it's like if you go West Coast, I know everyone that I know that primarily goes West Coast goes down like through Oklahoma and Texas and then like ends up up through LA and then goes up to San Francisco. So it seems like a more direct tour route when you're first going out. Yeah. Once you get to like New England and like New York, New Jersey, it's like all the states are so close. You're just like hitting up everything and like, it's not like a Midwest tour when you're yeah. waking up and you're like, <laughs> you all gotta, right, six-hour drive. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You have more downtime. You're just hanging out with the bands and stuff, and that's yeah. fun. Were you guys going, like, day to day to day, or did you yeah. guys have off days to, like, visit family or anything back We home? We pretty much played every day, um, except our first day of the tour fell through. Besides <laughs> besides our kickoff show, like, uh, we, we couldn't play the Sanctuary in Detroit, which I heard is pretty cool. Sanctuary in Detroit is actually... Um, from what I've heard, it's a church that was oh, abandoned right. yeah, in yeah, Detroit, yeah. and this like that. hardcore kid bought the church, turned it into a venue, turned it into a venue. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I've heard a, just a, you keep hearing about Detroit kind of coming up as like the little engine that could, or it's like the the, the rebirth capital. You know, yeah. like it's just coming out of the ashes of all the all the, the stuff that happened with uh, the you know they're they're basically their local economy kind of collapsing with the auto industry. And now there just seems to be like a really huge like arts movement kind of flourishing there, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had uh, the Bottle Kids in here a few months ago. They were talking about that particular too. They're both from that area and just how like it's become kind of a mecca of like kind of culture, you know. And there's a lot of people moving in that that area too. You guys dropped um, austere last winter. Um, 
I'd been listening to that, and we're going to spin a few tracks on that tonight. So you guys are working on your next release. Um, is this something that kind of came about? Just is it, you guys are always constantly writing, or just since you have like a new member of the band, like it kind of was a spark for the new content? Or um, it's a. I mean, me and Carl, between me and him, like we yeah. have we have enough material for like another two albums right now. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. but, like it's okay. not stuff like that the whole band knows. It's right. just like you guys are just constantly we, working together yeah. with writing, right? Yeah, me and him just write songs all the time. Then, uh, but uh, this this next release isn't so much like an EP or um, an LP. It's just uh, we're trying to do two different splits with two different bands. Oh, okay. And uh, part of that came through the tour. Right. We uh, figured out that we were gonna do one of the splits, and the other. It's our good friends from Wisconsin that we're uh, going to be do something with, but um. Any splits? Did you work with like a distribution label to put them out, or are you guys doing it all yourself? Um, or? we're we're figuring out that uh, okay. like the distribution right now, um, and how to put them out. But we we're going rec uh, recording studio October tenth to okay, cool. Yeah, put those out. Where are you going to record? Chris Quick <laughs> Productions, the guy who records six, the Frisky Morris sessions. Six degrees of separation yeah. here tonight. Chris yep. is the man. Yeah, he's awesome. Because I know we were talking, like, what, last week about distribution for us yeah. here, and you were just like, oh, I did this, 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 and the other thing, and I was like, damn, that's, that's a lot of stuff. So uh, what do you feel with you know, doing it on your own versus kind of putting it in the hands of someone else. Do you feel more comfortable being like, I know where our music's going to flourish. Like I know it's, I'm not going to waste my time going somewhere else where someone else might not know that. Or was it just kind of like out of necessity that you pushed it as hard as you did? It was, it was more like we, we put out this record ourselves and it was like, kind of like broke the bank and the reason we'd want a label to put something out is for that reason. Mm -hmm. And the distribution would help in that way as there'd be more eyes on it so we could distribute it in more places. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, with Austere, I distributed it in places we uh, we toured through right. and places we had friends in. Where, um, you have that's more of, like, a direct market with that when you guys were playing then. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's more like um, there's places that, like, I couldn't send lps to texas we've never been there we don't know anyone there right like yeah. but if maybe if um there was a label that had got more attention to it right there'd be it'd be more places but we pretty much got it everywhere that we could right now mm -hmm. it'd be kind of like pointless to send it other places right, right now you know Get to the fear Get away 
with the label versus you, a lot of it when you're by yourself going to record stores, you were saying that it's like on contingent. So it's that double-edged sword where you're you're getting it out, but then you're just like waiting by the PayPal. Yeah, like, you might not be right. taking any money. <laughs> like, on it. Are they just collecting dust there? Like, yeah, are they actually right. doing stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's cool that it's a cool strategy with like, going on tour and kind of dropping it off, and you, you know, people are they're actually waiting for it. Or they want to hear it too. And, yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's that whole investment of like the, you know, just thinking of the same thing with like CDs too, where it's like, you know, you buy like a, a run of like a thousand or two thousand CDs and mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you get them in the back of your trunk and it's like you come home with half of them and you're yeah. like, eh, coasters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's just no, the, the whole outlet thing is just such a hard thing to deal with when you don't have like a label to help push that stuff, you know? So. Yeah. The first time any band has like, I know with Turbo Vamps, we had yeah. our first CD and our only so far, we did a thousand copies and you're just like looking at the garage and you're like, Man, yeah. <laughs> a thousand looks like so many more in person. Yep. How are we gonna push all of these? <laughs> yep. And I, I don't know. I mean, you guys would agree. Like the CD thing is sort of kind of depreciated now. I mean, I don't know. The people buy CDs at shows still. Like, in, where you what you guys are doing, um, or is it more like the digital, or they want vinyl? See, I think that's like a hardcore punk separation where I feel mm. like hardcore now is even not so much with vinyl you can agree or disagree adam where i feel like the past year or two it's been really cassettes i feel like especially that really? like diy hardcore scene cassettes are like coming back i just refuse hard. to believe that because i'm old yeah <laughs> a lot of people are like, doing cassettes because it's way cheaper to make yeah, right way yeah. cheaper mm-hmm. they like do their own artwork on it right like it's you just old spray paint it or right. stencil on i know like pervert preachers when they were doing all their like cassette artwork and it's just that thing where you go to a basement show and there's probably one or two cassettes floating around in some like vintage suitcase or something right. that they yeah. brought with them. Uh, and I think like when I talk to my buddies in other punk bands, it's much more like I want the physical CD that I can throw in my car. Right. Where it's like I'll worry about the digital download later, um, and that's great and everything. But nowadays, you know. Half the people that buy vinyl, I'm convinced, don't even have a record player. So. <laughs> yeah, it's more about the cred, I guess, or like, look at me, I'm buying vinyl. Thing. The like record collector in them, yep. where it's like, I got yep. another one. Yep, yep. Into yeah. the shelf. Right. Let's pull out the digital Definitely download card. Definitely do enjoy picking up local bands' vinyl, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like... um. That's like a sign of like, like quality. Yeah. If you're going to put the time and investment and aggravation of actually pressing vinyl... And everybody yeah. I've talked to too, it's like it never goes smooth. It's always no. late yeah. because there's a there's like a shortage of plants that can press everything. And we were just talking with yeah. I was talking with Still Alive, yeah. and all their stuff they ordered it in April and yeah. they're still waiting for it because right. Sony is re putting all their soundtracks on vinyl, so every plant is backed up like six months. Yeah. So they're like, we'll get it eventually. So, yeah. But I think like you can talk about it, Adam. The yeah. first time you like hold your band's music on a vinyl is kind of like a That's surreal be really experience. Yeah, it's yeah. very surreal. Yeah. No. <laughs>
choice of two gives one bit of information. This is the amount of information that one on-off circuit can handle at one time. It can be on or off. The system calls for the key to be either up or down. The code calls for a dot or a dash. The current flows. It ceases to flow. It flows. It is black or white. It is stop or go. On or off.
how's it going? Says the eyes talking. Sober up. <laughs> that jerk isn't answering. Maybe he doesn't hear me. Oh. Hey, eyes. It's me, the brain. What a night. Was that a squirrel hitchhiking? No, there was no squirrel, but I have to tell you something. There's a stop sign right in front of you. A uh, stop sign? You're kidding. Maybe even two. So? Well, maybe you should let the legs know about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Legs. Anybody home? Yeah, what do I? Legs right here. Here we go. So what do we do? Jump, run, dance, skip, hop? What's the program? Huh? Let's calm down for a sec. I just wanted to tell you there's a stop sign behind us. Oh, a spot sign? Yeah, a spot sign. Oh, good one. <laughs> so tell me, Mr. Einstein, Mr. Know-it-all, which pedal do you use to put on the brakes? Well, let me think about that one for a minute. Don't drink and drive. This message brought to you by responsible young drivers. Let's do a quick recap of what we just heard uh, musically. The first block of tunes we played during our rap session with Adam was the Kreutzer Sonata. First track was off of uh, their latest Austere. That was addition by subtraction. And uh, the the second track was Cringeworthy. If you like what you heard from the Kreutzer Sonata, uh, you can go check them out. They have a band camp, the Kreutzer Sonata at Bandcamp. I will post a link up on uh, our Facebook page. And uh, also it will be up on the rockinchicago.org website. Our second block, uh, we got into some other bands from Chicago here. Uh, the first uh, track you heard on the second block was La Armada with VL. Then we had Alejandro and the Alcoholics with Terrorist. And then Esqui, uh, Los Escalitos with No Me Grites. Uh, let's get back to our conversation here with uh, Adam and Steven. With the new splits and stuff, yeah. do you notice there's a different sound with the new lineup, or is it kind of picking up right where Astier left off? It's a... Uh it's definitely just as fast. It's like uh, Skyler behind the drums is just like <laughs> relentless, like just way, way more intense. But I feel like we've added less just like straightforward melody uh, into our music. Whereas like some some of our songs before, like uh, are more like you know it's like melodic minor, but it's like mm-hmm. still very melodic. Yeah. And like uh, yeah. There's like more like uh, singing and like harmonies in it, but. Now it's kind of just like fast, intense. There's still like a tinge of like melodic chords like in it, but it's more just like more kind of like old school, hardcore, fast, more screaming, less singing. And then, but there's some songs that go back to the old like kind of stuff, but I think it's, I think it's still good though. I think it's like, it's interesting because it develops from us here instead of just kind of rehashing it. And was that the product of having one more person involved in the writing process or free carl up basically yeah basically carl's writing a bunch of guitar riffs now and i'm writing most of the lyrics okay whereas before it was kind of mixed both right it's also um it's kind of a change of direction we wanted no you guys wanted to get more intense yeah i could see that came with uh me just being lead sing now we just want more intense stage presence yeah I would, I would imagine with him too, like, because I mean, when you're behind the kit, man, you're you're locked in. You're you just you have to contain it because you have to keep time, you know. And yeah. Keep the band together, and I mean, I, you know, the times I've seen you too, where Carl's like singing and playing drums and stuff, it's like it, that's a bitch, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure there's a sense of release now. It's like you're not constrained by that responsibility anymore. You could just be way more yourself and just kind of like, you know. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. So, 
How's the uh, Turbo Vamps doing? You said you were putting out a record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. Finally, we're getting some new tunes from you. Yeah. Finally. Finally. After a bajillion years. No. Yeah. It'll be ten years of us like unofficially in December because we played our first show on six six oh six because we were fucking <laughs> badasses. Um. So yeah, we're like in that like that six month reign of ten year anniversary. So we figured it's okay. ab- it's about time. So we're gonna do a seven inch um and probably have some like bonus tracks because the finances goes into it with vinyl where we're like it's such a higher price point. it's like oh we have enough for a seven inch or we have enough for like an lp like but there's a bit of a price jump from and even we're we have like five songs we're gonna throw on the seven inch and we were like oh we really want this sixth song and i'm like well, the difference between a 7-inch and a 10-inch is, like, you might as well just get the full oh, LP yeah. at that point. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably do 5-track, 7-inch, and do some digital download, like, just have them digitally recorded mm-hmm. instead of, like, saving them for another release. Just because we don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The stuff you guys are writing with Turbo Vamps, is it like evolved at all since you've done your last release Duh. or is it more of like this is stuff you've been sitting on for a while and you're just happy to get it out yeah i mean some of it we've played i mean turbo vamps have always gotten for better or for worse uh we're like we don't really I, some people are like you definitely have a sound and some people are like every song is different um so this one i feel like with the writing it's a little heavier uh there's a lot more kind of like songs coming in right at two minutes and then it's either one extreme or the other there's like two minutes like minute 45 songs and then there's like three minute and 30 second songs so it's like one extreme or the other Mm -hmm. there's some that are like really oi sing-songy and some that are just like say what you gotta say and get out (laughs) so It'll be it'll be a good mix. Side A and side B will definitely be almost like two the different two, bands. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice. two face the two sides of the turbo vamp. Yeah, really cool. Looking forward to hearing that. Um, you brought up an interesting point earlier, Stephen, about the sort of dichotomy between punk and hard the hard punk side of things and the hardcore side of things. Yeah. Um, is it more just like the aesthetic of punk tends to be a little bit more melodic, sing songy? And hardcore is just more about the aggression and the emotion. Would you guys agree with that assessment? Or I think now it's like it's so hard to draw like a like a solid line, where there's some things that are definitely like more the hardcore route, and some that are definitely more the punk route. But then you have like Fat Mike saying that No Effects is a melodic hardcore band, <laughs> and I don't know how many people <laughs> would classify it as that. So right. there's a lot of like individual personality with it but so the two genre like subgenres play intertwine so much and with like mount happy getting more shows like yeah those bills are i mean both and yeah. it's like you have bands like cruces sonata where some of their stuff is like straight like east coast hardcore sounding and some that's like you like adam said kind of that more melodic that right you're kind of like oh this is kind of like more of a punk rock song uh like oh man north yeah. north side the one you did the north music side video lights. Yeah. north side like lights that, is yeah. more like yeah. in my opinion that's more of like a punk song but then like some of their songs are like way more hardcore but i mean gone are the days of like it's either 
crumb bums or MXPX. Like yeah. it's like the that it, those extremes are so far and few between now where so, so many of not, those bands are It's not are as like, divisive as it was yeah. you know yeah. 10, 15, 20 years yeah. ago then. And I feel that yeah. like music now is so much more accessible that it's not like oh you have like your bands in high school and you only have access to like so many different bands where now it's like people have so many different yeah. influences in their music it's yeah. hard for them to like just be one type of band Save me, we'll never 
That was Warrior Tribes with Flats. Before that was Mute Print with the track With It. And starting that block was Ugly Bones with No One Talks on the Rockin' Chicago Show. We are chatting with Stephen DeFalco and Adam from the Kutzer Sonata, kind of talking about what does it really mean to be, uh, you know, part of a particular genre. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's uh, such a such a clear-cut thing anymore. I don't know. I think in this day and age it's impossible not to be influenced by, like, everything you hear, you know? Right. Like, um... I can't remember where they were saying it, but like in like the American hardcore documentary, they're talking about like everything you, you couldn't hear hardcore bands from across the country all the time back in the day because it wasn't connected with the internet. So you got certain sounds. This is is what this sounds like. This is what New York sounds like. This is what uh, California sounds like. And now everything's all over the place. That's just band by band. Yeah. There's not so much even like there's a hardcore scene here. There's a yeah. hardcore scene. It's like yeah. this is what this band right. sounds like. This is what this band sounds like. I'm influenced by Leftover Crack. I'm influenced by the casualties. I'm influenced by this band. Sure. And uh but now like I know like even our stuff like say I was listening to Leftover Crack when I wrote Austere or like now I'm listening to like a shitload of Warzone and Gorilla Biscuits okay. and I'm yeah. appreciating that more. And I'm remembering growing up listening to all the New York hardcore bands. Right. But I still have that leftover crack and like, you know, just like all like that vein of bands influences in my life. Mm. And so as I'm writing the new stuff, that kind of starts to mix in. So there's still like melody and stuff to everything, but it's right. still, it's just yeah. kind of more straightforward. Yeah. I think it's kind of getting to like. You know, the whole subgenres and subclassification yeah. things it just kind of breaks down it yeah. all it's, just right melds together because right. that's like you brought up a really good point like the songwriting process has a lot to do with what you're listening to at that time and it's yeah. like when you start off as a band you might i mean when i first got into punk it was all like drive-through records it was all sure. super pop punk and yeah. then i went to a casualties unseen 12-step rebel show and i was just like i'm too punk for punk like this is like like, but that's it was like it was like oh like terror gorilla biscuit like all that stuff and then it was like when you're in that listening to that stuff you're gonna inevitably without even thinking about it write that kind of music yeah um so it's like as you evolve as a person you bring all that with you i think that's cool though like you guys touch on a really cool point about being open to what you're listening to in the in, in the immediate moment mm. um i think that's kind of one of the things that i don't want to say it's like a hallmark but it just seems to be indicative of musicians in your sort of scene um is that you're open to that you react immediately to what's around you whereas like you know there's people like i've talked to in different scenes where it's like metal guys oh i don't listen to anything that's recorded after 1987 yeah and it's like really (laughs) well there's a lot of hardcore people like that like oh 80s hardcore everything the 90s is just tough guy bullshit like purist (laughs) attitude right you know (laughs) one of my buddies was just like I was listening. I was like, oh, are you going to the Agnostic Front show that's, like, happening right before? And he's yeah. like, man, after, like, Crucified, Roger Merritt just got bad and, like, everything <laughs> everything went to shit. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, all the hardcore bands, like, after the 80s, they just, like, lifted more weights and got fat. And, like, that was that was the end of it. I was got like, the dad bods. Yeah, you the got dad the dad bods. <laughs> I'm like you can't you can't think of it like that like no. it's a fluid thing right yeah and that's like I I came up with I feel like I'm a lot more 
like okay with it because I came up with like AFI is yeah. a perfect example of one day you pick up an AFI record and you're like what is this yeah. it's like this is not like proud of you that I was just listening to you five minutes ago mm-hmm. like this is something completely different yeah. but it's like after a couple spins you're like you know I like the band and you know that's, that's the direction and... they went in so yeah. it's like I went on the ride with them yeah. and some people can do it and some people were like like years ago when AFI came and they were doing two days and one day was like answer that and stay fashionable and the other day was like more newer stuff they're like I'm not even gonna go to that second day like it's not worth <laughs> it like I'm only right. listening to the old stuff and it's like I appreciate though as like as musicians bands that take the the risk of evolving as yeah. a band mm-hmm. yeah. it's like definitely I don't necessarily like every band's new music but yeah. like but like as, as a musician to just Right, it's like the some, some yeah right. some bands yeah. write the yeah. same album for ten years, right. <laughs> the unseen, <laughs> and then um, yeah. it kind of seems like there gets to a point where it like reaches its peak, and then yeah. after that, it's kind of just not interesting yeah. anymore. And uh, it is a risk to write an album that sounds different than what you're known for. Mm-hmm. So I commend that, but some bands kind of. Like some, AFI, kind of, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's like that. And it's like, I remember when I was first introduced to the replacements, it was kind of that same thing when Let It Be came out and you're like following along. You're like, all right, like, sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Awesome. Like the, oh, it was like the honky tonk, like one. And you're like, okay, that was kind of weird. Like every band has their like weird album. And then Let It Be is just like, this is not like the first release and sometimes you're like awesome. And sometimes it's like, that's what like turned me on about the clash when I was younger. It's like the dynamics between the albums and stuff. Yeah. They never repeated themselves. Yeah. 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 But then the other side of it, I feel is like the unseen where it's like, there's some people that are like, the, all you need to do is buy one album because yeah. they're all they're all like, the same album. No, like, no effects where there's literally parts of songs from the '90s, like in the new songs. So it's yeah. like hey, that's this song. Like, yeah, and it's, it's like, like some people, bin, yeah. some yeah. people love that where they're like, I know I'm gonna get the same thing. It's gonna be the same song writing formula. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be that. Awesome, and it's like ah. more growth, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a double edged. Everything has their own opinion, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no.
Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. <laughs> to speak out. To be myself. Loser. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. Come on, punk. We have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference at bullying.org. Bullying is not kids being kids. It's not about good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. I shouldn't be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. Message. Or walk to my locker. <laughs> Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? Use your voice. Hey, leave him alone. We have the power to stop bullying. Find out more at bullying.org. Bullying.org. Where you're not alone. Where you're not alone. Where you're not alone. Wrapping up that last block was The Young and Dead with Swallow It. Before that, we had Slow Form of Suicide with Already Dead. Starting that last block was Other Masquerades with You Can Never Drown When You Were Born to Be Hanged. Let's get back to our convo with Stephen and Adam. Going along those lines with the splits, was it a conscious decision like why you picked the bands you did? Was it because... <coughs> What, was it just like a regional focus or it was just, just like you got really or, tight yeah. with the band or um <clears throat> the two bands that we're doing it with were, were pretty tight with both of them we played a bunch of shows with both of them one's from uh boston one's from wisconsin union union, union boys yeah yeah, yeah yeah and um so basically like we didn't plan it we basically mm. had a bunch of material and we we're like i guess we're gonna record an ep or something like a long ep yeah. And then, like, uh, the one we played a show with, uh, the guys from Wisconsin, they were, like, uh, we're just talking and shooting the shit, and they're, like, yeah, we're trying to do this split, and uh, the other band broke up that we're doing it with, and mm-hmm. we're, like, it's, like, uh, hey, maybe we should do it together, and it's, like, start talking, that was, like, months ago, and it's kind of, like, yeah. slowly come together, and then we ended up, like, picking the songs that would fit best with that band, mm-hmm. and, like, because we do have some songs that would fit better with that band than some that would fit better with Union Boys. Okay. And then when we were on tour, we were kind of staying at the Union Boys' house, and they are like, hey, man, we should." We have these songs that yeah. we uh, we have unrecorded, that, that are recorded, but we have, like, unreleased. Mm. And why don't we just put out a split? Because we, we play with their other band, Mickey Rickshaw, which is more like a Celtic band. Okay. Like, uh, that just got brought up. So it was kind of, like, un, unplanned, but it all kind of pieced together because we had just enough songs for yeah. both of them. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Friday, September 25th at Redline Tap. Rock in Chicago presents Songs for Shelter, a concert to help the homeless youth in Chicago. About 2,000 kids in Chicago have no place to sleep tonight, so let's help them out, and in this case, with music. On this fine night, we have White Knight Satellite, Jan King and Medicine Ball, Psycho Sister, and Faces of the Bog ready to rock out for these teams. That's Friday, September 25th at Redline Tap, 7006 North Glenwood Avenue. Doors open at 8, 21 and over, all for a $5 donation. Nobody wants to see a child sleeping alone on the streets of Chicago, so let's change that. Brought to you by Rockin' Chicago. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. Your local music. On Lightning Radio. www.lightningradio.com that was Short Fuse with Preach, the Ox King, who we had on here a while back. Uh, track is Knowing, and then we heard from Thieves with Torn. I know you guys do uh, quite a bit of that, the band and stuff. When you're touring, are you, is that the same kind of thing? Are you looking more at venues, or are there like house shows and DIY spaces that you guys book at, too? Um, when we toured, we, uh, we definitely looked for DIY spaces first. Like, if I hit up a band I knew, it was... Do you know any like houses or yeah. DIY spaces? And if not, then we'd hit up a venue. Okay. And usually, if we hit up the venues, we'd end up having to like take part in booking the show. Right. Um, Which is a bitch to do from the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but DIY venues are especially cool on tour because you get a wider age range. Sure. Um, the people are generally there for their, what you're doing in the music, too, where it's like you're trying to hook up with a venue. They may or may not cater the, the particular uh, genre that you guys play in. Um, or they might just be looking to fill up a body, fill up space yeah. during a week, you know? So, a good amount yeah. of, like, the venues we booked at, like, uh, kind of uh, did cross-genre shows. And it was oh, okay. kind of like, which some people like, but as a band, like, uh, that has, like, a more abrasive sound. Yeah. It's harder to do cross genre shows because it's you're kind of the odd man out, like right, you, right. the band that like most people won't like, but maybe you'll have the one guy who's like buying all your merch, like right, yeah, like and it's, it's harder on tour than if you were doing it like in your hometown. For sure, yeah. if right. someone likes you, they love you. They yeah, just don't right. Like, but oh, but so maybe cool. no one will like you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I don't know. And the thing I was thinking, too, is, like, just with the whole DIY space, it seems to be more network-oriented than, like, the venues are. You know, I know with the venues in Chicago, all all the owners talk, all the talent buyers. Usually there's, like, five or six dudes that all kind of work multiple venues, and, you know, so there's kind of a coverage with that. But, like, with the DIY spaces, and I'm kind of, like, on a periphery of that, I would think there'd be almost more like a network effect with that. Like, if you go from city to city that, you know, I'm sure other bands are doing the same thing, and it's just Mm. more of, like, a... 
you know, for lack of a better term, underground railroad or like trail convention or yeah. silk road kind of thing. You and know? I feel it's definitely with the DIY, it's more of like a grassroots, for like sure. guerrilla, guerrilla yeah. marketing kind of style with it, where the venues, it's always that like toss bag where it's like, well, does the venue promote it? Does the promotion? Right. That are that's putting on the show promoted. That's like is a gamble like, at that ev- point. Is like, right? Does everyone yeah. help out? And it's like, right. if I'm booking a show like out of town, I know that DIY house is gonna right. flyer everywhere and like get everyone on the phone about have, this. And they're so supportive where it's like they are a scene yeah. for the most yeah. part yeah. too. A lot of times, it's like a built-in audience right. to a lot of those spaces. people know that yeah. it's a good. It's gonna be a good show there. It's a safe space. It's not like some douchebag bar you're going yeah. to. You know, um, so and they know their money right. is going towards helping the, the band. touring band, right? Like, there's no overhead Cuts. cost. Right. There's yeah. like the bands that are playing that are local bands are like there as support for the touring band, and I feel like you're a lot more successful with the house shows because the people that are there are like all about the music and it's not just like oh i stumbled into this bar on a friday night like yeah, i right. wonder what's going on in here and there's but, some band from chicago you've never heard and there's like four people in there right yeah, yeah. So. and you get tossed as the headliner right. yeah <laughs> oh they're on tour they can be the headliner yeah like, right. it's their first tour ever Great, yeah thanks. They're huge, they're huge in Chicago. Let's yeah. put them as the headliner. Yeah, so every, be really good. So in, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. <laughs>
That was Den with Stardust. Kicking off that block, we had Angry Gods with The Mass, and then right in the middle was Arkham with Young Blood. Uh, let's get back to Adam's tour life story, uh, talking about uh, the, the Kreutzer Sonata's tour on the East Coast from this summer. But we played like a, this like shithole bar, like in Atlantic City. Atlantic City is the most depressing fucking town. It's like <laughs> it's just like everything's just like torn down. Like the, all the houses are like half broken like the beach is polluted and no, the like pier is like all the casinos broken and that. stuff are all like boarded yeah, up and then, too, then you right? get uh yeah there's boarded casinos like billion dollar casinos like trump just right. close trump taj mahal like built like a like a Indian like the taj mahal yeah. Like, yeah and then um it's just a ghost town. and it, but that that's open and it's just this <laughs> huge it's just this huge crazy ritzy casino kind of like sleazy looking at the same time like and then you go down the street and there's just like these like broken down, boarded up houses, like drunks, homeless people in the streets, like shitty bars, like, and it's just like a really depressing place to be. And like, I don't know, it sounds like a fucking badass like, music like, video. <laughs> right. There's like you're war like, vets like sitting like on the side of the street. at the casino and then you walk out and it's like reality and you're like, right. oh shit. Yeah. No. Dropping pennies on the floor. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Then, then we, we played with like an acoustic band. Huh. It's like, but it, to be fair, um, yeah. to be fair, we were supposed to play in uh, New Brunswick that night, and uh, our friends got us a show in Atlantic City last minute because the venue in New Brunswick closed. So it was kind of like a shit show to begin with. So you had to like drop that show out, like on the on the fly. Yeah. In the tour, and I had that happen to me when Turbo Vamps were doing our Midwestern tour. We were gonna play Louisville, and we get a call. It's like, uh, yeah, where you're gonna play is like five feet of water right now so uh don't <laughs> bother showing driving. up tomorrow yeah right. <laughs> and i was like we were playing columbus and my cousin is like in a me first and the gimme gimme's type band in columbus and i was like can we stay an extra night and he's like i guess like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna put my cousin on the street but i'm not happy about it <laughs> like, right was there any other horror stories on the tour that uh, are quote-unquote learning opportunities <laughs> well when the, the first day we left, we almost ran out of gas in Gary, Indiana, and that was an experience. Wow. It's like right out of the gate. Like, you're just crossing over the border and put, yeah. but, well, but, but, but. There's a shitload of traffic in Chicago, and then we're, we're like, stopped, we're like right? oh, wait, we have no gas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The omen, right? Yeah. This yeah. is fun. And that's um, like... That's G- Gary. That whole area is a great place to just pull off the highway yeah. and get gas, like super safe. Yeah. Feel really comfortable. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Yeah. But um, you know, there there weren't so many horror stories. It was except maybe um in Buffalo, New York, we played this like dank basement at our friend's house, like like literally dank, like just like, and then we stayed in an attic with like a really like freezing air conditioner. Huh. So um, that screws up your throat. Yeah, my throat yeah. was yeah. just just clogged with like shit in my throat uh, so the next day um i wake up after the show and i go to talk and i'm just like <gasps> it's like nothing comes out oh man and i'm like say i was like raising my voice i'm pushing that hard but all that's coming out is <sighs> wow like and it's no. like a so i'm like fuck and i was like cough just drops. drinking tea <laughs> yeah. cough drops and doing everything and, stuff, right? yeah. and it took like the next three days to get my voice back oh, but man. now did you guys like because i know from being a lead singer like I'm not like you're not always used to playing night after night after night because with the live presence and especially being a lead singer now did you run into any complications of like 
I gave it 110% tonight because I'm used to just like putting it all on the line. And then the next morning you're like, I probably should have saved a little bit for yeah. tonight. <laughs> um, one of the things I've learned from playing guitar and singing, because uh-huh. I've always like overblown screaming like and like blown out my voice yeah. as a lead singer. But playing guitar and singing, since I'm like focusing on other things, helped me like learn how to just like push out just the right amount and not blow out my voice. Mm-hmm. So I use that going into lead singing again. Nice. And also these guys and on the cinder, they actually just came through Mount, Mount Happy with uh, yeah yeah okay. with like butchered eighty proof preacher mm-hmm. and some other guys yeah. Um, they they've stayed at my place a bunch when they've come through and we the show in Buffalo is actually at their place. Oh nice. Uh, it's called the Flower House or it's the Tree House now I think. But uh, they gave me these things, uh, Slippery Elm. Yeah. It's like yeah. lozenges. Loosens up all the yeah. stuff in your throat. All so and I all take that. those yeah, like yeah. half an hour before I play a set, and my voice is just fine for like, yep. I can sing for like an hour or two. Like, How do you get on that? Yeah. Yeah, it's good <laughs> stuff. Slippery oh. Elm? Yep. Yeah. It's just like an herbal dirty. supplement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little pornographic, yeah. right? Yeah. Adam, you're going to give me some of that Slippery Elm? <laughs> Better watch out. That and the throat spray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The stuff, you know, the that was, I used to, uh, yeah. I was a cool kid and did show choir and stuff, and we would always get these, like, giant zinc tablets because zinc is really good for your throat. Oh, that's but, cool. Man, sure. that was, yeah, that's awesome that you knew that stuff going into it. I, did, I actually didn't. I, oh, I, I learned, learned that in out. Buffalo, and learned Buffalo, they the gave way. it to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. The, the coolest, one of the coolest shows of tour was actually in Cleveland, which I didn't have high hopes for Ohio for some reason because I just <laughs> didn't trust it for, for no reason at all. Yeah. I was just like, I don't trust it. But like, Damn the, Ohioans. We, we the, got, state, we got, the state looks weird. <laughs> yeah, we got know. to Cleveland, and it was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. It was like we played a uh, – what's it called? The uh, We played somewhere. It was like some <laughs> bar like down the street from uh, – down the street from Spitfire Saloon. Um but it was uh, there was like kids lighting off fireworks in the pit, like people going crazy. Everyone's like throwing beer everywhere. Like <laughs> the kids were like rowdiest crowd we played to on tour. Yeah, and all the bands we played with were like sick, like old school, fast, yeah. like heavy hardcore bands. Like nice, just cool atmosphere. Was there? Because I feel like Cleveland, you start to get the difference between Midwest and, and East Coast. Coast. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like like Columbus is definitely Midwest. Cleveland, you're on that like cusp where if you look at a like United States map, Cleveland yeah. f- is pretty much in Pennsylvania. Right, yeah. and, and it's you're not like, even far to New York. From yeah, there. and you got Yingling and all that stuff. Yeah. So, did you know as you were coming east, was there like a conscious like one show that kind of flipped the switch where you're like, oh, we're not we're not like in the <laughs> Chicago radius anymore. Like this is a different um, atmosphere. We, when we played uh. Definitely being just in upstate New York in general, because we played Buffalo than Albany. Uh-huh. Uh, that was kind of like the bands we played with, like, yeah, we're, we're back in the East Coast. Like, we played in Albany with this band, um, The Damaged. Okay. Kind of like, and they're not from Boston. They're from, like, Adams. Like, it's like Western Massachusetts. Uh-huh. But uh, they still have that, like, Massachusetts, like, mm. street rock and roll, like, punk sound. Nice. That, like, I, like those bands would always tour through, like, like when I was young, mm. living on the East Coast, and like it was always like, oh yeah, they're from Massachusetts. That yeah. and like hearing them was just like, yeah, I'm on the East Coast. That was like, one of my favorite vinyl purchases. Was I was like flipping through, and you get to that point where you're just like, anything that's in the punk section, 
that has a cool logo or like a cover art, I'm buying. And the Freeze was one of them. That's sick. And the Freeze is like this Boston hardcore band, and it's like you put that on. And it's no, like, I've seen the Freeze. I, uh, oh, yeah. When I was in high school, I went to one of the last CBGB shows ever. Oh hell yeah! It was the Freeze, Agent Orange, Reagan Youth, wow. uh, and uh, the singer of Agent Orange had a uh, surf rock side project that played. Okay. And it was fucking amazing. We're going to kick off another block of tunes. This is Flag Ass with Go For It on the Rockin' Chicago Show.
That was Flagass with Go For It. Then we heard Distract Future with Fresh Air and Future Cops with the track We Never Change. So so it was kind of like upstate New York where you realize, like, now I'm kind of feeling back home with that East Coast vibe. Yeah, that's fun. Nice. And do I don't you, know, like, we you, played, like, Syracuse before and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I love, upstate New York's awesome. It's, like, beautiful, too, you know. If there's, like, a part of that scene that you could take back to Chicago, like, what what is it about the East Coast that you feel that isn't here? No, I think, I mean... It's just a different, uh, different attitude. Okay. It's like, no, it's nothing, nothing in particular. Like, I don't think I'd take anything back from the East Coast here. Like, besides, it, personally, in my music, the influence I take. Mm-hmm. I think the Chicago scene's great. I think the bands yeah. in Chicago are awesome. It's just a different sound. It's just a different sound and a uh, diff- different attitude in the scene. Like, there's maybe a different, uh definition of what hardcore would be on the east coast than yeah in the midwest and there's nothing wrong with that i think both mm. both scenes are great like do you get the yeah. do you get is it where i feel this is like a diy venue separation too but like you'll play mount happy or jurassic park and it'll just be like n- no one stops moving it's just constant motion but then you go to a traditional venue and everyone still still likes the music just as much. Their arms yeah. Right. But they're like standing and like and I'm mm, even right. like it took like the end of the night at Subterranean for people to start moving and it's like yeah. I'm like bobbing my head and like looking around and stuff and people are like, Who is that guy? I think and that's a very Chicago thing the- <laughs> though. I mean I have yet to go to like one of these one of the DIY spaces in Chicago. Um I need to go see some other shows soon. Mm. To you know, um just what I'm just seeing just from all the, the stunts that's coming out of it, but every show I've been to in Chicago where you're going to like a traditional venue, it's like most people just stand there with their arms crossed all night. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the, as more, a the more extreme the music, the more pissed off they look and uncomfortable yeah. and it's sad. You but know? then like you get off stage and <clears throat> it was great. they're like, yeah, it was great. Right, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, right. all right, cool. Yeah, if yeah. you thought it was great, like great. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, is there something to where like, was there like an audience kind of receptiveness that was different or was it um, kind of you know on tour cleveland was moved around the most like yeah uh we played like on the east coast we played mostly uh besides the upstate new york shows we played like bars okay and like i think the bar scene as an adult like playing in bars kind of anywhere yeah is like people are there to just kind of they don't want to move around or maybe they want to move around but they see everyone else holding a beer and they're like i don't want to i'm too old to just knock the yeah. shit out of these guys like beer cans and like run yeah. around and like they kind they're of like, have, like right yeah. yeah i was just joking around with some people where it's like you have that guy that buys a tall boy just to go in the middle of the pit and spray it around and i effing hate that guy i'm like <laughs> What are you doing? I'm way too frugal with my money. I'm like, you just threw four dollars. Like, right. just give me that just, money. Just throw four dollars. And now I'm all sticky. Like, like now I'm beer. pissed right. off. Yeah. Like, uh, he's just like, yeah. But he's having the best time of his yeah. life. <laughs> no. But oh man, yeah. And I think like the DIY spots. I mean, I'm always like weird about it because I feel there was definitely like a roller coaster effect where in the early like late 90s early 2000s there was a lot more 
but I feel like they got busted a lot more. Oh, okay. Because I remember when TurboVam started playing in, like, 2006, and we were, like, right on North Avenue in Rockwell, and we were playing this, like, basement mm -hmm. of, like, a big apartment building kind of thing that had, like, a storefront as the first level. And it was, like, apparently this, like, weird EDM, like, acid trip place in the <laughs> 80s. So it was, like, on the cops' radar, like, hey, right. if there's people here, like, you should probably, like, bust it. Yeah. And we load our <coughs> stuff in, and immediately cops are like, get the F out. Like, yeah. we're going to we're gonna put, like, a padlock on this door and seize everything inside. Do you inside. think the people that went to those shows maybe are the ones that are running the spaces now, and they figured out? The logistics <laughs> of, like, how to work, either work with the cops or how to fake yeah. them out to, like... Well, I think it's, like, a know. couple different things, because yeah. back then, it was, like, it was almost like you went to a show, like, on edge, because it was almost, like, every man for Fight himself. Fight or flight, right? Yeah. And it was, like, you're looking around, it's, like, if you're not rolling with a crew or, like, something like that, it was, like, all right, you're just, like, enjoying the music, but at the same time, you're just, like, on Watching your toes, your back, like, right? ready for something to happen. And that was, like, they were, like, pack up all your stuff get the f out like we don't care so we like park in the alley and s put our hazards on start loading all our stuff mm -hmm. in and then this cop is just like put his foot on the bumper of our car as he's writing us a ticket for parking in an alley oh man and slaps it on our windshield and was like you boys have a good night and ever <laughs> since then we're always like super sketch about playing house shows sure. but people are so successful now and then there's like mount happy and jurassic park where right. the difference now is the community is much more like unified where those are just like pop-up shops almost where yeah. it's like no one has ownership of that and that's space. the way it was 25 years ago too where yeah. it was like you're just finding like a random old factory space breaking into it squat and putting a show up yeah run and extension then, cord in play right. the show like bouncing like, you, you got a buddy out. who can go up to the pole <laughs> and like pull the power down from somebody's house that's behind the factory yeah you figure it out and it's completely jacked but it's like it's, yeah. a, it's a great show but it's like yeah you gotta like yeah. get the fuck out as soon as you can yeah and now it's right. like there's like jurassic park i feel is the best example because it's like they take ownership of that more importantly they like self-police it like right. they're not letting any like yahoos stick around like you're right. out if you're like making too much of a ruckus if the cops come down it's like everyone just stay inside just chill for a little bit we'll like give it 15 minutes and then fire it right back up where before yeah. it'd be like i'm hopping this fence like <laughs> right catch y'all later yeah. i'm out yeah. but i, I feel don't... like that's like yeah. in my like i haven't been as in touch with it as i have been in yeah. the past like three years but i mean it's been leaps and bounds different i mean I th I th adam's played it a lot so you can probably collaborate yeah. on that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah one word that's all he has to say <laughs> thanks for listening folks good night <laughs> But I feel like without that community and without yeah. that ownership, like if it's not, if it's not like that thing where it's like we're gonna play shows here regularly, like we want to keep this place alive. Let's kick off a next block of tunes. This is Krang with Arms Race Within Mine on the Rock and Chicago Show Hardcore Special. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I did so many bad things. I'm That was Georgia O'Keefe with Brain Break. Before that was Haka with the track The Pits. And kicking that block off was Krang with uh, the track Arms Race Within Mine. And we're going to get back to our juicy conversation about the DIY space scene here in the city. There's some ground rules, like as long as you do that and you're not a dick, everyone's fine. The cops are like, we know what's going on, but... Like it's you guys aren't drinking in the middle of the street, acting like idiots. Right. You guys are contained and right. being responsible about it. Too. Yeah, and especially since a lot of these DIY places are on the south side. That's what I wanted to just get into. Is yeah. like that area has nothing. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing down there. There's no venues. Yeah, I mean, there's two that I could think of off the top of my head, but they're not going to book punk. You know, yeah. they're not going to book anything that's underground at all or extreme. They're going to book cover bands. You, you know? play Reggie's. And then Star Bar. For a while, there was like, there was uh, Mike's love. Oh, on Fifty Ninth and uh, Archer, yeah. But like now, I feel like it's Reggie's, or you're going down to the island and playing pub time. Oh (laughs) man, I love pub time. Like there's not a ton like in between, and like you look on a map, and like that is a big chunk of area that's just like it's like a desert. No one's doing anything. I think the other thing too is all ages versus 21 and up right yeah. in chicago like i remember insurance yeah. i used to be able to reggie's used to always have like a matinee all ages yeah. and then the band would play again at night and it'd be like the 21 and up right and there was like like when weekend nachos first started like playing a ton and yeah. like kind of bands in that right like circle of bands it was like you went to like the show at like noon or yeah. something because you were 17 you just drove right. in and then it's like now That's there's gone. not a lot of all ages shows anymore. Like yeah. it's like there's not even a lot of shows at Metro. Like, <coughs> Metro used through, to every week they would have an all ages show or a seventeen and up deal. Like if you were in yeah. high school, you know. 
Um, same thing back in the days. Again, dating myself, but Medusas. Like they, yeah, they yeah. have shows like that. I, you know, I'd see like the smoking pups there, or, like the mentors yeah. are coming back, or it, it, you know, just to be able to have that experience. And now as a band, most times right. it's kind of everyone's on such high alert with liquor licenses and stuff where before you could get away with like you're underage so you're playing and you're out where now it's like Mm -mm. don't even think about it so then it's like the scene isn't evolving because that young talent isn't getting the exposure it needs so it's like out of necessity i mean seven street space that it's it's fresh in my head so it's like and that's probably like cleveland too it's like that show was probably 90 percent under 21 kids just yeah. like jumping around having the time of their lives and you're smack like, in the middle of a college town too so it's yeah. like that's yeah perfect yeah. yeah and i think it's like at the end of the night when and this is another like difference with like the whole taking ownership and stuff you see kids picking up the cans right outside the vet outside the house and like putting stuff in the trash can and being like so they want to hey, keep it there right pick that up and it's like yeah. it's that kind of thing that's like I never saw, like, when I first started getting into punk and hardcore yeah. and stuff, it was just like, this isn't my place. Every one of these ceiling tiles, I'm getting punch drunk. holes through them. I'm getting <laughs> right. drunk. None of these ceiling <laughs> tiles are going to be here when I walk out of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right, right. <laughs> Kicking holes in walls. Yeah. yeah. There's a couch. I'm like, if people are sitting on the couch, it's like rolling into them and yeah. stuff. Like, right. <laughs>
that was manipulation with crisis before that was louder than words uh, death of a salesman and kicking off that block we had the headless honchos on the rock and chicago show with over the top and we're talking about playing uh shows for the kids uh, where we all kind of started and uh, kind of where it's at right now do you feel that like with Cruz Sonata, is it does that sound like the all ages show just like off the chain and like the younger like under 21 kids like are more receptive to it or is it kind of like you don't notice that like a certain age demographic well more receptive to the yeah. music mm-hmm. um no it's hit or miss like i think they'll definitely go crazier for bands they know it's yeah. harder one you gotta like break into a scene like that like yeah um sometimes you'll play like in all ages place and the kids will walk out because they don't know who you are yeah but when they watch you like those can be like the most attentive audiences mm. they can be the most like um just like they get into the music more than anyone else like you you actually see circle pits yeah like yeah. where you're like I've never seen like a circle pit at like a venue show or like a <laughs> right. bar show. Like there'd be people yeah. like singing along like on stage with the bands. Where like I used to see that at like venues, like people would get on stage, sing along, but yeah. not not, not really no. anymore. No, no, that's gone. Yeah. Like uh, definitely the kids are more like engaged and stuff like that, and it's they it's have good the energy to, to burn too. They yeah. want to like be able to yeah. connect that energy to something, and if you got the music for it, yeah. man, you know, and that's like that needs right. to be there. You know, you yeah. need to cultivate. Yeah, because that, that's. Those, like, I mean... That's the future. Yeah, you yeah. see politicians saying, these are the kids are our future. Yeah. Like, it, it literally is, like, right. in, in a scene like this. Yeah, exactly. It's based on the, and the energy of youth and the aggression yeah. of being young and confused and mad and, like, trying to figure all that shit out. Like, you need to cultivate, like, the young bands are, like, where it's at. Like, yeah. That's, like, the real shit. Do you feel... Do you ever get that feeling, like, on stage where you're, like, man, I was, like, that kid, like, getting crazy and now, like for me to like give that back is it like kind of a surreal experience does that ever like click or not until like the adrenaline calms down and you're like back in the car the next day where you're like that was pretty sweet last night yeah no it's dude and as as a musician seeing people move around in front of you and like it's like a a fray of like people just like going at it and like having fun that's the most like rewarding part about performing live like Mm. that's why bar shows can get me down so much sometimes because you're up there and you're trying to like um work an audience you're trying to move around get people into Mm -hmm. it and it's just the cross arms or like people holding tall boys and it it kind of actually uh detracts from your stage presence because the audience and the performer feed off each other yeah Yeah. you basically when you're performer you start off you you have that chance to open up the audience at the beginning and then you go from there. You like, kind of like work from it from there. Like at Knowledge is Show, kids are going at it from the first fucking band. Like it yeah. could be a band with like two people in it, yeah. and they're like high school kids, and kids are like going crazy. Like yeah. kids yeah. are having fun. You can go to a bar show if the first like two bands, no one's into it. You might not have people into it for the rest yeah, of the night. Like, done, right. and that's yeah. where it's like even there's shows now <coughs> where. They'll be. I'll notice, like looking back at people taking photos, where my eyes are like completely shut, and people are like, "Why aren't you looking at the audience?" And I'm like, "Cause they're not giving me anything. I'm just like closing my eyes and like you're finding it yourself and, like, inside internalizing you. right. everything, and just like doing my own thing and bouncing around and jumping off stuff. Cause I'm like having my own little <laughs> dance party up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
tired myself. I can totally understand <laughs> that. You have to. It's that adage too. It's like even if you're playing to like an empty room, there's like three, four, or five people in there. You still have to play like you're playing to a packed house. Yeah, and yeah. That's the as worst. Long as you give that energy out, it'll attract something. You know. Yeah. yeah. The worst yeah. is when like people look at each other and they're like. Oh, so just like treat this like a practice because there's like no one here, and I'm just yeah. like, you should never have no, that attitude. No. <laughs> you can build off of that last uh, performance, right? Yeah. So with the touring and stuff, and you mentioned a few minutes ago that it's like you gotta like break into that city and break into that venue, kind of that scene. Um, does that kind of put pressure on you guys as a band now that? there's more incentive to get back out there while it's still fresh in people's heads or is it like with life happening and schedules it's like we're gonna try as hard as we can but there's some sometimes you have to be realistic with it definitely uh life happens and i mean we've even had to drop shows because of just like work related things in the past and it's always a bummer Yeah. yeah um and we we do want to tour as much as possible like that's that's what we want to do is just tour if we could tour all the time we would but yeah um fortunately all of our schedules are completely opposite of each other (laughs) and like right i mean it's hard to find time to do that Mm -hmm. but uh no yeah you got to be realistic i guess thanks so much for coming out tonight it was good talking with both of you uh talking about the scene and life as a touring musician and as a you know, as somebody, I, I think the overarching thing is like just kind of like you're building it as you go along, you know? Mm-hmm. That yeah. There's really nothing there. There's no, you know, system you can kind of jack yourself into. It's just like there are other people out there that seem like they want to do the same kind of thing. They yeah. want to help out. And it's just trying to build that bridge and build those connections with those other people. And yeah. That's, yeah. that's the DIY distribution network right there, you know? Yeah. Getting your tours together, getting you know, the music out there. And you really help yeah. yourself by helping everyone around you yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's like a one scene where like everyone really is in it together because yeah. by helping out one band you've really helped out like a whole group of people whereas in some scenes like there's some like you know cheesier metal bands like like you know like uh metalcore style bands mm-hmm. where yeah. it's bands where people want to be from nothing to just famous yeah real yeah. fast yeah and punk is a scene where by getting anywhere, you've worked hard and you've helped everyone around you, and right. you all like rose up together. It's a guild, yeah. man. You yeah, know? or like a like a, a community. Like the community versus a scene. I, yeah. I had a conversation on this a long time ago. It's like a scene is just a bunch of actors, but a community <laughs> yeah. is a bunch of people live there. So in the, the yeah. punk community, you know, it sounds probably a little trite, but you guys live in the genre you work in. It's not yeah. like it's you, you go. Last not like you go be metalcore and you go home. It's yeah. Like yeah. You, punk is like a kind of a definition you know and it's the the community around you guys we got one more block of tunes for you tonight thanks so much for everybody that's uh tuned in has downloaded a copy of this or listening to it on our radio sponsor partner uh klrc uh we're going to kick off this last block with mexican werewolf this is witching hour on the rock in chicago show
started off that last block of the show with Mexican Werewolf with Witching Hour. And we had another solid track from Manipulation that was Painkiller. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming out tonight. No problem. And then uh, both of you guys got releases that are coming out. Do you guys have, like, rough dates for the splits? Splits, if everything goes well, it's probably in November it'll come out. Okay. We're looking forward to that. Ours is not November. Not November. I mean, I mean, you're 16 already because you went to six, right? Not, six, six, definitely, six. definitely not physical copies in right. November. But yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely. They'll yeah. yeah. be able to hear it. Yeah, you'll right. hear it in November. Yeah, right, cool. Two of will probably be like, we're going in in December. So if we're doing seven inches and things are as backed up <coughs> as they are, it'll probably be like, hopefully June, July. Right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're starting your new show format this this coming weekend? Uh, no, the new... <laughs> I'm like, coming off of this last eyes. one, you're like, this weekend is still over? <laughs> yeah, the new the new form... Well, I'm doing two, newer, two new formats, and the one with the touring bands coming in is going to come out as, like, year three of the podcast starts. So that'll be, like, late October, early November. Yeah. And then the other format will be first rounds on me where I take uh, Frisky Morris Sessions has had like non-band interviews like with yeah. Eric and with Ian that was on it. And yeah. it's probably, it's going to replace not having a band and right. just have it where I go to someone's favorite venue or say someone's favorite bar and we talk about that neighborhood and why do you like this bar or venue yeah. and then kind of just talk about the music industry and talk about Chicago and the Midwest and stuff like that. So those two formats will kind of hit it off November moving forward. Yeah, very cool. I look cool. forward to hearing that as well. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Thank um, you. Thanks. All right, support local music. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>